Welcome to Highland Objects, podcasts that take you on a cultural tour of the Highlands and Islands of Scotland. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Highland Objects or visit the website highlandobjects.wordpress.com. Podcast 13 The Balahulish Figure. I'm Katrina, I'm the curator at Glencoe Folk Museum and I'm going to tell you the story of the Balahulish goddess. The original figure is currently in the National Museum of Scotland down in Edinburgh but since she was discovered just a couple of miles away from us um, in a spot called the Balahulish Moss on the north shores of Loch Leven, we have agreed to be your Highland host for the purposes of this podcast. We also have our own replica here in the museum which allows us to tell her story in her natural setting. So the Balahulish goddess is a roughly life-size figure, just under five feet, carved from a single piece of alder wood. And when alder is first carved, the cut wood is a is a really rich orange colour, so she would originally have been a very striking, almost golden figure. We know she's female because she's depicted as naked, but her flat chest suggests that she's a young girl. She has quartz pebbles for eyes and is shown holding objects in both of her hands, which are actually quite difficult to discern, but I will come back to that in a few minutes. Her legs end in a solid block, kind of like a a podium or a stand, uh, with a rectangular hole cut out of the front, which possibly once held something decorative or was somewhere to place offerings. The goddess was found face down under around six feet of peat during building work in November 1880, and since then she's been radiocarbon dated to around 600 BC making her over two and a half thousand years old and belonging to the late Bronze Age or early Iron Age. Judging by her good condition, um, she hadn't spent long above ground before she was buried, as alder, um, after it's been carved, it tends to crack quite quickly if it hasn't been treated. This has led to speculation that the goddess was deliberately buried, um, similar to human bog burials, and this theory was strengthened by the remains of woven twigs or intertwined branches that were found covering her. Many bog bodies that were uncovered around Europe from the same period appear to have been um, kind of pressed down into the bog under some kind of wicker frame or wicker work. So it's possible that the same technique was used on the goddess. The peat had preserved the wood, but unfortunately once she was removed from the ground, she began to deteriorate quite quickly. Archaeologists at the time knew they had to keep her wet, but they didn't have a container big enough to hold her. And they had no scientific techniques at the time to preserve waterlogged wood. So unfortunately the wood was allowed to dry out And as it did, it's uh, warped and distorted into the kind of eerie, elongated figure that is on display today. Pieces also broke off during transportation to the National Museum of Antiquities of Scotland, which is what the National Museum was known as back then. The Balaglish goddess is unique in Scotland, although similar figures have been found elsewhere in in the UK and Ireland and across Europe as well, um, all thought to to represent supernatural beings. But the goddess is the only one of her kind here and is the oldest human figure found in Scotland. The area where she was buried is rich in Bronze Age archaeological finds. For example, nearby the remains of kists or burial chambers were discovered, as well as large piles of worked flint, arrowheads, spear points, scrapers, that kind of thing, and also organic materials like wooden plates and bowls. The Balahulish Moss itself has been designated both as a scheduled ancient monument and also as a possible occupation site after what looked like the remains of a settlement were discovered there. So as well as giving more evidence of early settlers in the area, 
The Bella Village Goddess also gives us what is quite a rare glimpse of Bronze Age art and beliefs, possibly a self-representation of prehistoric people, or even archaeological evidence of early Celtic mythology. Which brings us to the biggest question, what does she represent? Who was she? There are a few different theories about why the Balahulish goddess was carved and what she might have represented. Scholars and archaeologists of the time saw her as a relic of paganism and they seem to have distanced themselves from her slightly as there's not really a lot of information recorded about her discovery, particularly the archaeological finds that were found at the same time. One Balahulish villager said that the railway workers who were charged with moving the goddess to Edinburgh in 1880 were reluctant to handle what they called the pagan idol, which perhaps explains why proper care wasn't taken of her on the journey and, and how she came to be broken. Sir Robert Christensen, who was a scholar and member of the Antiquarian Society, was tasked with writing a paper on the discovery in 1881, and he concluded that the goddess was carved by the Norsemen due to similarities with carved figures found around Scandinavia. But since radiocarbon dating wasn't invented until the mid-1900s, Christensen wasn't to know that the goddess was carved and buried around 1400 years before the Vikings arrived in Scotland. However, some still believe that the podium she stands on was once attached to the prow of a ship or was perhaps intended to be. Others suggest that the goddess is a depiction of Calach Veher, the hag goddess of winds and storms. According to Celtic legend, Veher was once a beautiful goddess who guarded the magic spring of eternal youth on the slopes of Ben Cruachan. She would bathe in the waters every evening to keep herself young and beautiful, but one night she forgot to replace the capstone on the spring. The waters flowed down to the valley, flooded the valley and formed Loch Awe. Without the spring to preserve her youth, Veher became old and haggard and transformed into a dark goddess cursed with immortality. The Balahulish Mountains, Benaveher, or the Peak of the Thunderbolt, are sometimes said to have been named after her, and the spot where the Balahulish goddess was discovered looks across the loch to these mountains. Another theory is to do with the objects that she holds in her hands, which must have had great significance to have been included in the carving. The only existing photo taken of the Balahulish goddess before she was damaged and warped seems to show phallic objects in her hands, leading some to believe that she was an ancient goddess of fertility, and this is something that she has in common with other figures dating to the same period. In this case, the carved hollow in her base, in the, the podium there, could have been for offerings. The last theory, and the one that has been given the most credence by the archaeological community, is that she was a goddess of the water. Her position on the shores of the loch would have overlooked the dangerous straits linking Loch Leven to Loch Linny, the narrowest point in the loch and the most obvious crossing point. This is where the Balahulish Bridge is situated now, and also where the, the ferry would have been before the bridge was opened. Prehistoric travellers may have made offerings to the goddess in order to be granted safe passage across the loch. This theory is given more weight by other similar figures found across Europe, all of which had been placed at the edge of routeways through wetlands. It's even possible that the safe passage these settlers asked for wasn't across the loch itself, but simply through the boggy land at the water's edge where the goddess stood. But these are all just theories, and perhaps we'll never know the true story of the Balahulish goddess and why she was created. She's had many names through the years, the Pagan Idol, the Lady of the Ferry, the Balahulish Figure, the Balahulish Goddess, Calic Veher, but we don't know what she was originally called, and she may even have been a representation of a local prehistoric settler. We don't even know if she fell into the bog, or was sunk into the peat deliberately, or why this might have been done. But personally, I don't mind a little bit of mystery, and I'm quite happy to let the goddess keep her secrets. Whatever her true purpose, it must have been absolutely amazing to have been there when she was first discovered and lifted from the bog 
and to look into those quartz eyes and just imagine the history that she's been witness to, if only she could tell us. And how amazing for her to gaze upon us for the first time in over 2,000 years and to see how the world has changed. Anyone looking for more information about the goddess should definitely check out the Palace Boy Project. This was an experimental archaeological project where a replica goddess was carved using similar tools and techniques as would have been used on the original. This took place in Balahulish a few years ago and the completed replica was taken on a wee journey across to the Balahulish Moth where she was, you know, she had a little photo shoot and she was allowed to look out over the landscape. The remains virtually unchanged actually to that which her predecessor would have seen over 2,000 years ago. She's been buried in Balahulish and Peaty Ground and will be dug up in another few years to see how she's getting on. You can read more about this project on the Palace Boy website and I would also recommend checking out the photos of the original goddess both before and after she dried out and you can find them on the National Museum of Scotland website. And obviously please go and visit her as well in the National Museum because actually seeing her in the flesh is just amazing. Highland Objects is brought to you by Expo North Heritage, which is supported by Museums and Heritage Highland, Museums Gallery Scotland, Creative Scotland, Highlands and Islands Enterprise and Historic Environment Scotland.